Token of your old soul, uh, Tina and Rosie are old phrases of the day. Or actually, it's just one phrase. Two co well, one co-host, one guest. No speedy, because our, our typical co-host is in London. But since our big royal guest today is mostly because... And in my career, I've talked to a lot of famous people I've been fortunate enough to do, both on this podcast and off this podcast. And my wife, Tina, who is a big third-party character that always gets brought up in this podcast. Tina has never cared about any person I've ever talked to, ever. I talked to Robert De Niro. She didn't care. I talked to <laughs> Ewan McGregor. She didn't care. But Rosie Grant is... I care. Cares deeply, as you should. Because, frankly, she's way more interesting than any, like, typical celebrity because she's got a really cool niche. And the second someone hears about her niche, you're like, wait, I have, like, 40,000 questions. So we'll get to that. But first... And we'll give Rosie first stab because she's our honored guest, besides for you, wife. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you, wife. Um, our old phrase of the day is Ugsome. 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 Ooh, so we're guessing what does Ugsome mean? Yes, what does Ugsome mean, which is a, a phrase that apparently was used by Charles Dickens in All the Year Round. Oh boy, Tina, this might fall on you in the end. My my first guess for Ugsome is like the 1800s version of you have the ick. Like it's kind of like, ick. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, you're sort of ugly, Ugsome. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense in a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> you guys are pretty much right. Um, Ugsome, according to Merriam-Webster, means frightful and loathsome. Okay. Uh, when Charles Dickens used it, he said... There is the belated traveler going home with bag on back and stick in hand who recoils from the ugsome devils and long-necked monsters which the moon creates out of the trees and bushes before him. So it sounds like scary, maybe a little ug ugly, but uh, the New York Post said it comes from the same like Norse word that ugly comes from, which is ugga, which is very fun to say out loud. Oh, man. Ugga. That's my future child's name. Ugga. <laughs> Ugga Grant. Which makes me like question everything about Uggs. Do Uggs, <laughs> they come from ugly, like, they're it, ugly boots? Was that a marketing plan that they just <laughs> decided to use that word? Interesting. We're leaning into the ugly. <laughs> Isn't Tina funny? Oh, so I love funny. that. <laughs> okay, so Rosie, I think your celebrity over the last two years, how you become this viral TikTok and Instagram celebrity kind of proves the best thing about the rise of social media, which is that if you're just like a genuine, authentic person with a really cool interest, people naturally gravitate to you. They're not like, oh, that person's on a reality show and I like I saw them on TV. I want to follow them because they're famous. They're like, whoa, what Rosie likes now I like because her passion breathes into my passion. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, wait, we haven't said what you do yet. Yeah, you, you should Actually yeah, give me, her. you want to give me tips? Thank you. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> Rosie, <laughs> how would you define what you do, Rosie? I define uh, what I do is I find recipes on gravestones and I cook them. And now recently I started traveling to them. And yeah, I totally, I totally relate to that because social media has so many, um, it's definitely like an ugsome side to it for sure. Good work. But also, it's a beautiful, a really like you can find community and very niche topics such as gravestones, of course, such as cooking, and then even dare I say, gravestones and cooking. <laughs> hmm. 
Um, but your your path to this is both unconventional and conventional. It's unconventional in the sense that you getting to it is a very interesting path, but then it's conventional because when you hear what your parents did, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, totally. My parents are both ghost tour guides. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> And I don't think I've ever said this anywhere else. They formerly worked for the CIA. And so the joke is they were called spooks. And so they you went from spooks to spooks. They're both retired government. And so it's a very funny, um, it's a very funny, like, kind of like thing to thing to thing that they just love history and they love, um, they don't necessarily love, like, they don't understand TikTok. Like that doesn't make any sense, but they love cemeteries. They love cemetery history. And so for me growing up in that, it's just, it almost made sense in a very strange way. So wait, first off, you can talk about the fact that they work for the CIA? Um, Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> they weren't okay. on the like secret side of things. Okay. Like CIA is a very complicated organization, obviously. But uh, they, they definitely, they were on, they weren't on the like, you know, super like DA side or any of that stuff. They were more, they were more on the public facing side, I would say that, but I don't know specifically what they did in it. So I don't know, that might be the more mysterious side. Um, but yeah, like an internal family joke is like, we like spooks and spooks. Of spooks and spooks, <laughs> spooks squared. <laughs> Not that again, that they would ever like publicly say that, but it is a very funny connection, I think. <laughs> it's funny. And also to think about like, since we can't know what they did, there is a world and a possibility that they were ghost hunting for the government. Oh my God, I love that idea so much. Internally, I'm going to say they did that now. <laughs> they were, yeah, government ghost tour guides. And then, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then they went on to the public side. <laughs> Tina has a question, my co host. Tina. I, I didn't have a question. You didn't have a question? <laughs> no, I'm just listening for right now. <laughs> okay, will you let me know if you have a question? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. okay, you are my co host. I will butt in, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, and what I did a story on you for work, and that's how I met you. And I was like, I need to talk to you for more than two minutes. Um, one thing you said that was interesting at the end of our interview, but I want to bring to the front here as kind of like an overarching theme is that what you do, making recipes that you find on gravestones, fosters death positivity. Is that what you? What did you call it when we spoke? Yeah. So it's it's a movement called the death positive movement, which mm. is the idea that people and society is better off if we like on some level think about the fact that we will die someday and like our own mortality. Um, and it was started with the hospice movement of just like care being more personalized and someone always at your bedside um, in your final days and like kind of like end of life care. And so but it spread beyond that into a lot of different parts of the death industry. Uh, so like my my kind of trajectory was I was interning at a cemetery when I first heard about death positive and I loved it because like it's not like yay we'll die someday but definitely more of the like it's it's good to have conversations with loved ones of like how do I want to be remembered how do you want to be remembered like do you want a gravestone do you want to be cremated and have your ashes scattered like what music do you want at your funeral like how do you feel celebrated so I guess Gravestone Recipes has been like a weird avenue in that because like death is scary, but we love food and cooking and our like loved ones recipes. So like that's kind of been like my avenue in it. But like for me, and I don't like saying this in front of my wife, but we're already married. So ha, uh, <laughs> as a kid, I was terrified of ghosts. I used to check my closet every night from the girl from the ring 
I refuse to get a TV in my room because of the girl from The Ring. She's not a ghost, though. Do you, well, I don't want to get into what Samara is or isn't, but she was dead and she comes through your television. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up with two parents who worked in HR. So for you, it feels like even though you were more surrounded by ghosts and the idea of death and what happens after it, you actually grew up like less fearful of death than I did with like a weirder parent profession. <laughs> yeah there i mean i feel like we in especially in like the u.s or you just say like western society death is pretty taboo it's pretty uncomfortable like even that's like the main like negative comment i'll get on social media is like i don't feel comfortable with this or i don't like that you go to cemeteries like i think cemeteries are bad luck i like hold my breath when i walk past a cemetery like all of these like like it's just because it's like our connection to uh, the other side or whatever, whatever that means for you. And yeah, I, I think like for me, I was always comfortable with cemeteries and the sort of like landmarks of them, but like death itself is terrifying. Like I remember being a really little kid and the first time I like was aware that I would die someday. And that was like, I remember this like huge, like childhood record scratch moment. I think it was like, I went to my great grandmother's funeral and I did not understand that the woman in the wake like lying down who I like just looked like she was sleeping. Like I didn't understand that she would not come back. Like that just, it was like this huge whole thing. And I remember being like so afraid of this concept of like, like my parents will die someday and I'll die some, like even honestly, my own mortality doesn't scare me as much as my loved ones dying. <laughs> and it's really uncomfortable, but I guess because of this project, like I started having these conversations with people of like, again, with my parents who like, this was not something we talked about. And now we're starting to be like, oh, do you want to be buried where our grandparents are buried? And that's such a beautiful cemetery. And let's go visit them on the weekends. And like, it's just getting a little bit more uh, comfortable because we're focusing on like the, the positive side of like, you are famous for this thing. Do you want to be remembered for this? Like, what's your legacy kind of thing? Um, I like the point you brought up. So I want to ask Tina now. Tina, if one of <laughs> yes. your loved ones died, say, okay. I don't know, your husband. <laughs> How, ups, how upset would you be? How upset would I be? If I died, yeah. Very. Oh, okay. Yeah. Moving on, Rosie. Uh... <laughs> Can I ask a follow-up question? Yes. Do you guys, in your, um, do you guys ever talk? Because, like, this is something that me and my partner, I'm still very uncomfortable talking about with him of, like, because I don't like that idea. Is this something you guys ever talk about amongst yourselves or, like, with relatives or anything? Well, you know, we just got done convincing her parents to let us have our wedding in New Jersey for me. So I haven't gotten on the path of, can we also all be buried in New Jersey for me? Next to my parents. Well, a big plot in New Where all people want to spend the rest of their life in, in death New in New Jersey, famously. Yeah. New Jersey's beautiful ones. <laughs> I, it is. It, it has its perks. Um, I think for me, this concept isn't new. I have hmm. a background in health and public health and whatever and so I, mm. I remember taking a class on palliative care so mm. end of life care and um comfort I guess and I remember taking it and then calling my mom and saying do you guys have a will like what it like do we have an end do you have an end of life like plan or what's going mm. on um how do you want to be buried or how do you want to be remembered and things like that and so I remember having that 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 thought and questions early ish on, mm. but then it's, it can stop quickly if you don't 
carry on that conversation. So it's a, it's a weird topic, definitely, to talk about. Yeah. I, I just want to acknowledge what happens when my co-host Speedy isn't here. Because <laughs> usually we just talk about the Beatles and our obsession with Nicole Kidman's AMC commercial. And now we, when she's not here, we're talking about death. We're talking about death. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> but a meaningful conversation yeah. about death. Like, this is something we've never talked about, me and... We uh, love Nicole Kidman's AMC commercial, so that's great, too. <laughs> well, they said there was a sequel coming, and I'm waiting. <laughs> Let's oh, go. I, I, yeah, but I also... I could watch that trailer for the rest of my life. Like, talk about that's legacy. That's also true. <laughs> well, you live in L.A., and Speedy always says that in L.A., at the movies, everyone just like quotes it out loud when it comes on. Is that true? It is one thousand percent true. We just saw the new Miyazaki movie last night. <gasps> the boy and the heron. Yeah, it was beautiful. It is talking about death and like memory. Damn and, it! Like, remembering someone you love. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, my partner is a, like when I say obsessed, I'm giving a lot of secrets. It must be because Tina's here. I'm giving a lot of secrets on this podcast. I think I'm going to get my partner. The Nicole Kidman AMC shirt of just like the quotes of it because he says it out loud, but the whole theater quotes it, and everyone cheers and claps and like this. This has been going on for a long time now. You think people would be bored, but no, just as excited every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great shirt, first of all. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> really? Does, does Nicole Kidman have like a sparkly like pantsuit yeah. on? I want Absolutely. to be buried in that. You want to be buried in the That's how I would like to wear that at the end of my life and what, be remembered that way. What if <laughs> Nicole Kidman's gravestone just said on it, because here they are. <laughs> it matters too. <laughs> it's just a higher quote on her epitaph. <laughs> Feel powerful. What is it? They, Because here stories feel powerful and... If you're an old soul at gmail.com, please let us know the full entire quote from the MC commercial. Okay, so Rosie, I didn't react properly to something you said before that's usually a mic drop moment because I knew it from interviewing. But the first time I interviewed you, when you said that this, you going getting famous for making gravestone recipes, that this all started because you were interning at a cemetery. I didn't react properly because I'm sure people at home went, what? And then I kept talking, so I'm sorry. But I want to get back to this because... Um, when I was in college, I interned at like a TV station Ooh. and like, I got coffee Aww. for people and I learned about comedy and stuff. And then, uh, you interned at a place with thousands of dead people. So <laughs> that was grad school, right? Mm, yes, it was grad school. And was this like, so when I got my internship, this was like a yay moment. Like I, I'm so excited. Like my future feels brighter cause I can network with these people. Um, when you got that internship, were you like, yay, dead people? <laughs> I was in a weird way. I So I was, my program was to be a librarian, but the focus, my specific like concentration was digital archives. And I'd started the program at the beginning of the pandemic and pretty much everything was closed. So like archives were closed. A lot of libraries were closed. It was just a really strange time. So I definitely think of this whole project as being like, all of my pandemic things together of like, I interned at a cemetery because the cemetery was open and I, every other place I applied to, they were like, you know, we're not doing internships right now. We're so sorry. And I wanted something that was like somewhat in person, but like social distancing and all that. And yeah, the cemeteries were busier than ever, unfortunately. <laughs> so okay, it worked out. So mostly excited that I had an internship, but the internship itself was really cool. So 
a lot of cemeteries are becoming more digital just for the sake of like digital resources and helping with genealogy and family and research. And our cemetery had quite a lot of famous people. So we have these like sort of like tours of the cemetery. You can do like an LGBTQ tour. You can do like a civil rights activist tour of like famous people buried there in that area. Um, And so I was putting the tours online. And so I was like looking for graves and using find a grave and our cemetery has an app. And so updating like photos from the different gravestones and it was meant to just be so people can like find family members and you know research someone um but yeah it was definitely a strange i was first excited just to have an internship and in the end it really worked out like i'm very very thankful for that very odd specific like when i get put it on my resume and jobs will be like what the heck is this (laughs) um so yeah what can i say i guess it worked out in the end (laughs) That's really smart. Okay. That adaptability. And I'm glad you you brought the famous people because, you know, on this podcast, usually we talk about like old movies and music. And from following you on TikTok, I know that you have seen the resting places and their juxtaposition uh, to other famous people in their final resting places. For example, um, my favorite one is uh, Marilyn Monroe is buried next to Hugh Hefner. Is that really true? It is, and in boy, is it contentious. I my again, my my TikTok at this point now is really just about mostly just about some like gravestones and food and death and that sort of thing. But in the beginning, I was just featuring all gravestones and different ways that people were buried. And um, yeah, so in in Los Angeles, uh, in Westwood, Marilyn Monroe is in this like um, basically columbarium, and she's right next to Hugh Hefner. It's fairly contentious because uh, he you know, profited off of her and they had a very um, problematic relationship in a lot of ways. She did not like him. And so, you know, she passed away and Hugh Hefner specifically requested to be buried next to her. And so, I mean, I I felt a little bit guilty as I was posting about this because I just thought this was like so interesting. I didn't know that they were buried next to one another. And I posted it with like a, a TikTok trending sound that was like, oh, I didn't like that you did this. And so I was like, oh, this is so weird that they're next to each other. Um, who knew? And so, yeah, there that cemetery alone has like hundreds of like very well-known Hollywood stars and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, Hugh Hefner is next to Marilyn Monroe, in fact. I guess since we have to learn from history, we now have to take this example and think like, okay, in our will, we have to put who we're not willing to be <laughs> next to. Who are my right? neighbors? <laughs> a re- an eternal restraining order. Yeah, big time. Who do you not want to be next to? You know? Yeah. Don't say me, Tina. <laughs> In New Jersey, you're on the list. And then the other one that I found super interesting is, and I don't know where this one was, but John Wilkes Booth, the man who assassinated President Abraham Lincoln. Mm. What is it that people do at his gravesite? Oh, yeah. I think that's so funny. So he's buried in Baltimore because it was the Booth family plot. So he's buried there. And uh, he has an unmarked grave. It's just like a tiny little footstone. Uh, But it is next to like a large Booth memorial. That's not for him. It's for just the general family. Uh, But people have found where his footstone was and they will leave pennies on it to have the face of Abraham Lincoln. So every time you go there, there's just like hundreds of pennies on it, which I think is so funny. (laughs) That is... An amazing chess move to do yeah. that. And uh, yeah. people, people are like, oh, like, what do we do with pennies now? Like, what do we do with loose change? Like, well, we could be passive aggressive with them. 
Trump is a John. <laughs> yeah, I think JFK JFK is on the fifty cent. So you can go to Lee Harvey Oswald's grave and leave the fifty cent. <gasps> Oh, you know, there you go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I actually hadn't thought about that. JFK is buried. uh, He has a really unusual gravestone, too. He's buried in Arlington Cemetery, and they have the eternal flame at his. And come to think of it, there were coins on his grave, and I couldn't figure out why. It must be because his (laughs) his own face was on it. That would make sense. I have been to the eternal flame, and I remember as a kid being like, what is this flame? Is it like (laughs) a real flame? Is there someone with a torch coming through like every hour? Is it an electric flame? How does this work? Yeah. The logistics of it. That can be your next guest of like the flame person. The for- flame person. <laughs> yeah. If I like say famous people, like, do you know where they were buried? Like, it seems um, like you it's know. Better. Yeah. I'm trying to like, I mean, again, a, a lot of like stars, like Hollywood stars are in Los Angeles. I live right next to Hollywood Forever Cemetery. So I'm familiar with some of them. But even like, so my, my recent interest has been where a lot of famous cooks are buried. So like, you know, Anthony Bourdain is buried in France. Which I thought was interesting. You love France. And um, Julia Child has probably the strangest gravestone. I haven't figured out how to visit her cemetery. She's buried in an underwater cemetery in what? Florida. Yeah. I'm like, how is this? I need to go visit it and go like, I, th- I guess you have to scuba dive down to it. It's the strangest thing. But if you look it up, it's this like underwater memorial park. And that's where Julia Child is. That's wild. Well, there, yeah. there is an, uh, there's <laughs> okay. an underwater park. There's an underwater park in Key Largo in the Florida Keys. I, I wonder went, if that's the same. I went snorkeling there. I mostly looked for barracudas. I did not look for famous TV chefs when I was you in did the not, You didn't look for Julia Child amongst the barracudas. I didn't think to look. <laughs> next, uh, next time. Um, do you have any famous or favorite famous people, like, phrases that they put? I'm always obsessed with that. Like, I know Jack Lemon. The legendary actor, like his gravestone says Jack Lemon in, and that's all it says on the stone because he's like ah. in the ground. Oh, that's okay. funny. I like that a lot. <laughs> Do you have any favorite ones that you've seen of like weird or fun phrases they put on them? Yeah, I mean, one recent one that I learned um, on NPR uh, Scott Simon, his dad, who I think is buried in Chicago, he has this gravestone that I've seen tons of photos of and I never knew who it belonged to. Um, but it has just, I told you I was sick on the grave. And I think that is so funny because I've seen photos of this grave around and I didn't realize Scott Simon, we had a conversation about graves and he's like, oh, that's my dad's grave. And I'm like, I had no idea. That's so funny. And he was like, yeah, he was a funny man. <laughs> and a little bitter yeah. at Scott. <laughs> yeah, Scott, good job with your dad. And then I think my favorite one, she's not necessarily like, super famous but i just think is the funniest gravestone so she her name is evelyn b davis she was just like this socialite in washington dc she's buried in rock creek park cemetery in dc and she has three gravestones and one mausoleum and they on the first one it has a list of all of her ex-husbands just like in the years they were married and divorced her second gravestone has her resume like her work resume and then her third one just says queen of the corporate jungle and I'm like, what a baddie. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> Three great gravestones. Oh, my yeah. God. Tina, how would you feel if I put all my exes on my gravestone? <laughs> right? <laughs> Would that be cool? Uh, in our plot? In our plot right next to me. Uh, yeah. Probably not great, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, 
you do you, I guess. Updating that list of who not to be buried next to. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I make a new list. I do not want to be buried no, next to Danny. Or his exes. Or his exes. You know, being in New Jersey, we might be near my exes. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Don't worry. We'll be in Hollywood Forever Cemetery. That's okay. Cool. Right. That's a fun one. They have peacocks, like live peacocks. They got cats. They got a lot going on. Just roaming around, just hanging roaming out. Roaming around, yeah. They belong to the cemetery. I have no idea why, but yeah. You could have a peacock just sleeping on your grave. I wouldn't complain, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, a good, like a good peacock? Yeah, or like a cat. Like That's so cozy. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we haven't dived in dove rose you're a librarian dived dove uh a uh, dive sounds good i like it okay we haven't <laughs> dived in we haven't uggified what the whatever the word is <laughs> yes we have not uggsumified um <laughs> your scary tradition because uh, it all started i know here in new york where we are in brooklyn someone told you that there was somebody with a gravestone that had a cookie recipe on it yeah, Brooklyn, New York, that's where it all began with the grave of Naomi Odessa Miller Dawson. And you thought, I must see this? Or like, how long were you thinking about, like, do I do this? Is this part of my TikTok for the gravestones? Like, how yeah. how in were you? I was, I was, I was pretty, pretty in. I mean, I, I will say, so part two to starting this account was I was interning at a cemetery, but part of my library program, I was in a class that was essentially how to go viral on TikTok. Like it was how social media algorithms works and how networking works like online because a lot of libraries are moving into the social sphere both for advocacy reasons and just like educational purposes. So we, like the capstone project was we had to have a viral video, uh, which is insane. I almost dropped the class just inherently because I'm like, that's not how that works. But TikTok is a very strange place. So it made it a little bit easier so I was posting for this class. I had to post a video every single day for about three months. Um, in the beginning, I was just featuring my own gravestones in, in my cemetery. And then I started featuring other graves in general and, um, you know, moved on to New York and other really cool graves around the country. And so Naomi's grave, I'd seen a lot of photos of it. Uh, it's just featured in different cemetery blogs and on Facebook groups and that sort of thing. It's like a pretty well-known <laughs> – in the cemetery world, it's a fairly well-known gravestone. Um, But I mean, even with like researching this grave and where it was buried and, you know, just like things about her, I was like, but what do those cookies taste like? Like I was so curious. So it was just kind of a random like, again, when you post something every day and you're creating every day, you're just you're like kind of throwing stuff at the wall. And so I was like, well, what would it take? Like, what do these cookies taste like? I'll, I'll try it. I didn't really think too much of it in the beginning. I was just like, oh, this is just so interesting. And I wonder what these cookies taste like. And the explosion that happened overnight was insane. Like so many people, and not only that they were like commenting on it and being like, wow, I didn't know this was a thing, but so many people were sharing food stories of their own family of like, my mom makes these every year, or, you know, my dad, my dad did this thing, or like my own family has this food tradition. I want this on my gravestone. And like all of this, like very personal commentary that came out of it was so interesting. And so um, you know, I, I cooked Naomi's cookie also very incorrectly. There's no instructions on it. <laughs> so I made it very wrong. And a lot of people on TikTok uh, corrected the error, thankfully. So even in the process of making it again, I was still Googling her. And I learned that there were a few other ones just kind of in the universe of the internet. 
Uh, and so that's kind of what started the journey of this. Yeah. Do you think we should put a QR code on there now so people can scan it and find the instructions? I do love that QR codes are becoming more of a thing. I don't know if I would put one on my gravestone because I don't know with the technology, like what's going to be around in 50 to 100 years. Um, I mean, obviously, like some of these graves, you're like the idea of the American cemetery that like you are they're promising to take care of your body for forever is very interesting. So technology, I think, will change. So I do like the the ones that have like a little separate plaque like on the ground with the QR code. Um, because you've been seeing ones that are like people's like memories, like videos from their phone and that sort of thing. And it goes to a website that the family manages. And I think that's so beautiful. But yeah, I don't know if I would want something carved on stone myself because I just don't know how long QR codes are going to be a thing. That's fair. Um, is, yeah, is your headphone okay, by the way? Yeah, I, I have really small ears for some reason. Oh. And the headphones never stay in my ears. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> So you made the cookie, and when before you posted, before it had millions of, of views, you made the spritz cookies, right, they're called? That's right, good memory. Thank you. I'm a journalist first. Uh, <laughs> did oh you, don't you Jesus Christ me, young lady. <laughs> oh, God. What's it like to live with me is my follow-up question. Uh, carry on. Um, <laughs> did you think, like, people will find this interesting, or you were just like, I find this interesting? Yeah, I mean, kind of my whole perspective to this project is, well, I find this interesting. And if other people do too, that's great. But also A-OK if not. Um, I didn't know that there was like an audience for cemetery content when I first got started. It was my professor of the class who suggested that I I like post about graves and cemeteries when I was picking a TikTok niche. And I was like, I just don't know if there's, do, do people like that? Is that a thing? And she was like, you know, there's an audience for everything. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, the fact that other people have been very interested in this, I think is beautiful. The fact, I think at the end of the day, my biggest concern is that the families feel okay with this. And people have been very lovely as families have reached out and being like, you should talk about my aunt who's buried here. And here's a photo of her grave. And, you know, she loved to knit and you know, whatever their stories are of their different people. It's been really cool to like learn about them and who these people were who were literally all over the country. And you met her family, right? The first yeah. one. I met Naomi's family. Um, we met last last Thanksgiving, pretty much. And they're all based in Pennsylvania now. But the family still cooks her recipe every year. Her grandson, oh, I should say her great-grandson is now the like family resident baker. They still have her cookie press. And they actually have her recipe in this like little plastic bag to keep it safe as they cook through it. Um, and it was really cool. They were so lovely. Um, she just seemed like a really wonderful person. Food was very important in her life. Even her granddaughter talked about, like, you would never bring carry out home or take out home because she would just look at it and be like, you know I could make it better than them, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you even order something from elsewhere? <laughs> As a huge baker, I often say the same thing. <laughs> You're a baker now? Yeah, I bake, <laughs> Tina. Out. I bake all the time. What are some a your... baking journalist? Yeah, say some of your favorite things that I bake. Yeah. Some favorite things that you bake. That I bake. That you mm. bake. Me, not... Well, not... I ha... well, we're a team. So okay. when you bake, it's like I'm baking too, right? It's yeah. Tina well, and Garfunkel. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to like <laughs> the end. I will say, though, like this resonates 
very well with me because um, my grandmother had a sugar cookie recipe <gasps> that I couldn't in a million years know how to make. And she'd make oh, it wow. out of, you know, she had it written down, but she had it in her head. Wow. Um, and so I remember being a kid and she'd make these pillowy sugar cookies, just so soft. And I asked my aunt for the recipe and she found it and it was on her recipe yeah. card, like written in her handwriting, which was so special mm. as well. And it just like this whole concept of carrying on recipes after you have passed is just mm. like such a cool way to remember someone. And I just, I love yeah. it. And it's, it's, it hits home to me too. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Have you made them? Like, so have you been able to cook it since getting the recipe? I have tried. I think I tried once and they did mm. not come out as pillowy, fluffy as she was yeah. able to do it. So I I don't know what the the secret is other than like sometimes I'm like, I th- just think it's like them, you know, that person yeah. making that recipe is, is the secret. Um, but I need to try again. Yeah, big time. For the record, Grandma made the recipe, but I perfected it. (laughs) (laughs) The secret ingredient. (laughs) He was like, I'm a journalist. I should find the secret. (laughs) I go digging my next story to find the secret ingredient to Grandma Shirley's recipe. We love you, Grandma Shirley. Um, One of my favorite things about the recipes that you found, because now you've done like 25, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a lot of the people, even though it's on their gravestone, will still put their name in the food title Mm, even though mm. their name is right above them and we know who it is (laughs) so like i I wrote down some of them um k's fudge Mm -hmm. which is such a cute name Mm -hmm. k's fudge and then uh, my other favorite is uh connie's date and nut bread Mm. you can't go wrong with a connie or or (laughs) yeah uh, how, how are those those were very good. Um, Kay is so interesting because she's buried in, in Utah, a little bit north of Salt Lake City. And I this is the recipe I have struggled with the most out of all of them. And apparently it was because they misprinted the ingredients on her grave. And it was <sighs> while she was still alive. And so it made local news. There was featured in like the press. There was a couple like news things about it and like Kay posing with her gravestone. Um, her husband passed away and they put up the graves together. Uh, but yeah, they misprinted the ingredients. And so I was using an old photo of the grave and it wasn't coming out right. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I, while I was moving to Los Angeles, my mom and I stopped in Utah, kind of like as a halfway across the country visit. And we went to her grave and there was another family who had also made her fudge. Like I made their fudge and this family had made her fudge. And we both happened to be there at the same time. And so we traded fudge and theirs was so much better. And I was like, what did you guys do? Like, what was the secret? And they're like, we used the updated recipe. And so basically they reprinted her gravestone because, you know, they made the correction. And I was like floored that I was like, I've been using the wrong one this whole time. The the original gravestone said, add three Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So... This is probably too much digging. It's the journalist in me. But did, did they get that new one for free? Because they would deserve it for free. Great question. I would hope so. Because, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. The cost of these is like dying is very expensive. And so a, a plot and a gravestone and then like any epitaph. Now, it does seem to be somewhat base per area. So like 
I've been looking to buy a plot in Congressional where I interned um, just because they're running out of plots. And so I'm like, oh, I got to get one while I can because uh, I really want to be buried there. And they're pretty expensive. And in D.C., it's usually based on the letter. It's like you pay per letter, uh, like a tweet. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> for other places, it's just you pay for the stone and it's a blanket as much as you can fit onto it. So like that might have been the case for Kay of just like, we'll just redo the whole thing. And hopefully it was for free. Um, other people have plastic plaques that are like put onto the grave. So like probably a little bit easier for a reprint if they needed to. There isn't like a deal at Congressional, like if you interned here, you get like 20% <laughs> off. Gosh, I mean, I'll, I'll ask about it of like former interns from the past. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, a separate plot in there for former <laughs> interns. It's like our former intern section. <laughs> Only on the intern plot. <laughs> we'll get you water at all times. <laughs> what are those like? The student that goes the most viral in our TikTok class gets their own <laughs> plot for free. Yeah, gosh, man, pick me, please. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm backtracking, but like that is the most ridiculous curriculum to to be like, who's gonna go the most viral? Like, then someone's just gonna like do it naked or something, right? Like, if you're saying well, just so go viral were- for it. It's so true. There were a lot of parameters. Um, We were not allowed to do anything illegal. Um, I, at the time, we really liked urban exploring. And because like, again, when picking a TikTok niche, I was like, what are the most of the things that I like doing are all around people. And I can't do that during the pandemic. And so I had proposed, like we had to do like a proposal of what our niche was going to be. And so, yeah, I like urban exploring. And I was like, I have all this video content. I think this will do well. And she's like, unfortunately, no urban exploring because that's breaking and entering. <laughs> we have a lot of abandoned hospitals in Maryland. So it was like, oh, well, like research all these places and like video it does very well on TikTok. Um, so, yeah, any any like nudity, anything explicit, any illegal activity was not allowed, um, unfortunately. Or fortunately, mm. actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's unpack that, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. No illegal activity. <laughs> I think my favorite recipe that I've seen just by name alone that you've done is the guava cobbler. Whoa. Right? That's such a whoa name. Like whatever, whatever that is, is going to be delicious. Oh, it was so good. Gua- finding guava. Uh, this was a woman named JB Pate. She's buried, uh, she's buried in Florida and they bas- basically, she just had lots of fruit, like fruit trees around her growing up. So she was always making different cobblers um, and so her niece was the one who sent in this recipe and she was like, yeah, you can make it with guava. You can make it with strawberries. You can make like a cobbler with whatever you want. Um, it's really good if, and pretty simple too, if anyone decides to make it. Okay. Maybe we'll try guava cobbler. Yeah. Guava cobbler. Yeah. Can you guys find guava in Brooklyn? Oh, I, I'm sure <laughs> if we, if we looked hard enough, it would yeah. be somewhere. <laughs> so there is probably guava. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so I have to ask the two questions that everyone probably has asked you, but I have to ask you because you're here. Um, <laughs> one, if, when, when are you doing a cookbook for all these recipes? Yes, I am working right now um, with a publisher, and um, it'll be a weird cookbook for sure. 25 recipes is like a decent amount for a cookbook, but I, according to them, the average cookbook is 75 to like 150 recipes, which I don't know if I'll ever find that many uh, people who have decided to do this. I mean, maybe we'll, we'll see, but to have something out in the next like few years. So I'm interviewing the families right now and kind of making sure that 
were, you know, telling the stories that they feel good about for their loved ones. And so it would be a recipe, maybe a few notes of like, this was my experience making this recipe. Like I would try it this way or that sort of thing. Or like even notes from the family of how to make something like, you know, Naomi's doesn't have instructions on it. So kind of talking through how to actually make it. And then um, a little bit about each person's life is the idea and maybe some photos. Like some of the families have shared some really amazing photos of like their grandparent cooking in the kitchen and they still have like the ice cream bowl that she used to make her homemade ice cream or whatever. So that's kind of where it's at right now. See, I didn't know any of that. I just figured that would be too good of an idea to pass up. Like that just has to happen. (laughs) It's going to be a weird book for sure. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't really know exactly what it's because I'm like, it would be fun to like a really pretty like coffee table book with like beautiful photos of the gravestones. All of the graves are so beautiful Um, when like, you know, like pictures of the cookies or the fudge or whatever, um, the corrected fudge. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, some goopy fudge. (laughs) And I know you're a librarian by trade. So are you going to go? to your boss and say like, hey, we should probably buy like a thousand of these, this new cookbook. People are talking about it. Unfortunately, yeah, that is, I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. We were going to have to put my book into our own library. (laughs) Uh, I I will, any library that wants this book, I'm like, yes, please. Libraries have such a great cookbook selection. I mean, I'm in the Los Angeles County Public Library and they have this huge cookbooks area. So we'll see if they're interested in it too. Who knows? And then my other question I have to ask you is, do you ever plan on stopping or do you hope to just keep going as long as you can? Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is this did start as a homework assignment, which is funny where it's turned into. Um, but I think for myself, like it it definitely, like I'll always want to just go into, like my career wise, go into the library world more and more. Um, I just think libraries will save us all <laughs> um, in my naive way. But I, I definitely will always be doing this project. I think food and death, it's just like endlessly, there's more to learn. I feel like I'm at like the tip of the iceberg. Like I think my next steps are I'm getting a, a food studies certificate from UCLA just to learn more about food culture and all of that. Like why why does our grandmother's recipe taste better for some reason than like the thing that I made? Like what like is there a scientific reason behind that? And then even um, after that, I'd like to do a thanatology certificate, which is death studies, um, just because I feel like I have a lot to learn in that area. There's just so much in the death industry. Like I'm like, people get buried. How? Whoa, that's cool. <laughs> Underwater? Underwater? <laughs> Julia Child? <laughs> no way. New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Equally weird. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't want to take up too much more of your time because you're very famous. you got things to do, people to see, dead people to see. Um, <laughs> Tina, do you have any uh, follow-up questions for Rosie while I hog the microphone the whole podcast? <laughs> I, I guess, like, my burning question is what's the favorite recipe that you've made so far? Oh, it's so good. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, Tina's really good at this. Um, oh! 100% <laughs> better than Danny. Not a yeah. cooking though. Are you... <laughs> I will be the first subscriber. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, yeah, and that is the hardest question because they've all been really, really good. I would say the ones that I make the most, I make Naomi's uh, spritz cookies quite a lot because you have to use a cookie press and it's so much fun. Like it's objectively a really good recipe and it's so fun to press out the cookies. 
Um, there's a woman named Annabelle who has a snickerdoodle cookie um, in, she's buried in California. And snickerdoodles were the cookies my mom made for me when I was like a little kid. And so there's something very like nostalgic and sentimental. Of, like, you know, we all have that like cookie our, our parents made for us that we're like, wow, like it just tastes, there's something about it that like the cinnamon and the sugar. So I really like Annabelle snickerdoodle cookies a lot too. Um, but they're all good. <laughs> it's so hard to pick. <laughs> I guess my burning question, Rosie, is oh, <laughs> what is your second favorite recipe that you just, just two recipes? Oh, uh, what's your third <laughs> favorite recipe? I guess. Uh, again, a great question, and also still hard to narrow down. <laughs> Thank you. You're too nice. It was just burning. <laughs> um, a third one that was very fun. I was the most apprehensive about was. There's a woman named, or a woman, but one of the few men, most of these are women. There's a, like a very small handful of gentlemen and this guy buried in Israel, he was a kibbutz chef and he has a yeast bread recipe on his gravestone that also only has the ingredients written in Hebrew. And so I work at the American Jewish University Library. So one of the other librarians luckily reads and speaks Hebrew. So she translated the gravestone and I like it was just the ingredients. And so we were trying to figure out, like, what is this recipe? Like, how do you make this? And there's this interview with his wife who is like, if you know how to cook, you'll know what to do with it, which I guess I don't know how to cook. I was- <laughs> oh, dang. Ouch. <laughs> but the librarian, the other librarian, she's like, oh, it looks like this kind of yeast cake recipe from these other cookbooks. So she sent me a few recipes uh, to like kind of distill down that look like basically the same ingredients. And so that's the instructions. And it's objectively a wonderful bread. Like it's like this really warm, um, yeah, it's just a really good yeasty bread that uh, like goes with really good with anything. I bring it out at dinner parties sometimes. Um, it takes about a day and a half to make. And so that's maybe my third favorite recipe. <laughs> Do you think because it has yeast bread in Israel on Passover, they come and change it for a week? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I actually don't know what they do about that. Thank you. To all our Jewish listeners, or listener, if it's just my mom, that was a yeah. great joke. Your mom and my boyfriend. <laughs> Your boyfriend, who's very upset that you spoiled that you're getting him the AMC shirt for his for Yeah, Christmas. he's not allowed to listen to this episode until after the holidays. I understand. It's your New Year's gift. I understand. Okay. Exactly. All right. Really quick. Uh, last question, Rosie. What is your number zero favorite recipe that you make? Danny. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm saving yeah. us for that. Thanks, Rosie. Thanks, Rosie. Both of you. This was so much fun. I'm literally, I get so nervous about podcasts. Uh, this is mm. my favorite podcast I've ever been on, thanks to both of you. Yay. Wow. High five. Great job. Yeah, Rosie, there is a spot in New Jersey for you. Yeah, you can come be buried with us if you want. (laughs) What an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, if Congressional says no, we'll be your second favorite. (laughs) Very sight.